0: This series is called The Great Adventure and faith really is a great adventure and often our adventures in life involve the great outdoors. And uh, when I think about the outdoors, I think about camping, I think about campfires and sitting around a campfire and there's such a connection with that and community. And my guess is that if, if you've ever gotten to sit outside by a campfire or even in your backyard by a fire pit or someone else's, you're typically not doing that alone, right? You're doing that with other people. You're telling stories, you're having fun, You're eating maybe some s'mores or a great meal, you're sharing life together. And it's actually in community that some of the most significant things in our lives take place. It's it's the community, the relationships that make things actually enjoyable. It's, it's like one thing to catch a fish by yourself, It's another thing to catch one with your buddies. I got to go on a fishing trip back in the spring off the coast of Charleston with some friends and we caught a bunch of mahi, these big, beautiful fish. We even even hooked up for about 10 seconds with a blue marlin. It was like the most elusive fish out there and and he pulled the hook out and and, uh, it was a great story though. The guys that I was on that trip with, now we have a shared history, we have a story about the one that got away. We, we experienced those things together. It's great to catch a fish on your own, but truthfully, it's it's much more enjoyable when you're with people you enjoy, the people you love. Think about the best experiences in life that you have had. I would, I would guarantee that most, if not all of them, were with people. Like you could probably name the people that you saw the Grand Canyon with for the first time, or you climbed a, a mountain, with for the first time, or, or you won that game or that championship that time on that team with other people, or you accomplished that thing that was so hard to do, like, like you guys saved up money for that car, uh, or, or maybe there are people that you experienced God with for the first time. For, for me, my story of coming to know Jesus personally for the first time happened with other people actually outside around a, a campfire in the woods at a camp in North Carolina. I sat around a campfire with a bunch of my friends and as a, as a, a young guy shared with us about Jesus, I, I knew who Jesus was, but I didn't really know him. That night, I met him around this big fire that night, stars in the sky, Eddie shared with us about the cross and what it really meant, that, that Jesus had taken my place and that he did what only he could do so that I could have a chance to live life free and forgiven and redeemed. And he gave us an opportunity that night to say yes to Jesus' offer. And around that campfire with my friends, I said, yes. I say yes to you, Jesus. That God does some of his best work in us in community. When, when we're with other people who are in the same place, pulling in the same direction. There, it's a great story in the Bible about, it's about campfires, actually. There, there, there's something about them. In the book of John, the disciple Peter, he, he has this chance to either tell people that he's with Jesus or tell them that he's not. Jesus had been arrested and, and this was Peter's shining moment. He was the big talker, the one who had always was having something to say and now Peter has his moment to shine. And what happened? As he stood around a, a campfire warming his hands the night of Jesus' arrest, he faltered. He was asked three different times, don't you know this guy Jesus? And each time Peter said, nope. That's not me. That, I was a different guy. And he escapes, but he's wrecked. And Jesus is taken to a cross, a crown of thorns pressed on his head, his clothes gambled away. He drags his own cross up the hill and then he gets help and, and then he's nailed there. And then three days later, he walks out of the tomb alive. And he appears first to Mary Magdalene with instructions, go and tell the rest of them I'm back. And and for one thing, let's don't let ourselves forget that he chose a woman possibly of ill repute to be his first evangelist. Jesus was coming to set the wrong things right, to set the prisoner free, to set the world on its head. And he appears to his disciples a, a few times in these quick, mysterious kind of ways. And then John records this incredible interaction with Jesus in community with the disciples. Peter and Thomas, the doubter, you know, Nathaniel, and then these guys, James and John, a few other disciples, they were together. And Peter says, well, uh, I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to fish. And it's not clear if he was just bored or if he needed the cash from the job now, or he was just going back to his old job. But, but his level of self doubt must have been really, really high. He'd failed Jesus at his hour of need. And so he says, I'm going out to fish. And the rest of them said, we'll go with you. Peter, and, and, and we're with you, and we don't really know what to do either. It goes like this. It says, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them on the water, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish and it was like in that moment it hit them like a lightning bolt like deja vu we've been we've been here before we've done this before remember when Jesus went out with you Peter on the boat and when and, and we didn't catch anything and and Peter would have probably uh, have, have finished their sentence yeah and and then Jesus told us to lower our nets on the other side of the boat and we caught the most we've ever caught just like right now and in that moment they recognized who it was that was calling to them on the shore it says this, but then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. So, so Peter can't contain himself. It's Jesus. So he jumps out of the boat and he swims or he runs or whatever he does, he he jumps out and he kind of swims towards Jesus. He has to get to him. He is laser focused on his friend and his Lord, the one he had seen die and had now seen alive again. It's in community that Jesus makes himself known to you. Jesus made himself known to them. It's in community he makes himself known to you. Let me ask you this. In, In what ways has Jesus made himself known to you? through community. Maybe it's been through someone you knew growing up who who was a Christ follower and you weren't and who walked with you and showed you what it meant to follow him. Maybe you were in a Bible study where you learned about Jesus in a new way and it changed you. Or or maybe it's just being in a church with a group of people trying to follow Jesus together where, where Jesus revealed, or maybe he's revealing it right now, himself to you. He wants to change your life. And And often he does what he does in the middle of other relationships, of community. It's it's why we shouldn't push relationships away too fast, even with who we think are difficult people. It just might be that God wants to use those in your life to strengthen you. God shows up and introduces himself to us in community. Well, Jesus makes himself known to us, and he often does that through relationships and the people around us. And 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 what he did with them is he reintroduced himself to the disciples. And what's the first thing that he does with them? Does he send them out then on on another mission? Does he task them with going to tell the whole world the good news or assign them new roles with added responsibilities? Not not exactly. John records it like this. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. And so Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, he took the bread, he gave it to them and and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. The first thing that Jesus does when he reconnects with them, and remember, these are his closest, like the most committed followers, is that he feeds them. He's like, y'all want some breakfast? He, He builds a fire. He gives them a meal. He takes care of their needs first, all together. He knows that they're no good to the mission if they're distant from him. It's also in community that Jesus feeds you. It's in community that Jesus feeds feeds you and me. This is a big danger when it comes to serving in the church, even like getting so caught up in the mission and forgetting about your relationship to the one the mission is about. Growing close in your relationship to the mission of the church, but distant in your relationship with Christ, Jesus wants to feed you first, not just in physical ways, but in spiritual ways too. What we do when we gather is offer you a kind of food, like worship is about experiencing the presence of Christ, listening to a message. This is why we, we always speak from the scriptures here, because the word of God is what brings life to your soul. It's, it's one of the ways that we experience Jesus, who said that he is the bread of life. You don't need to listen to me. Like My words are just some guy's opinion on their own. It's the words of God that have the power to bring us life, to fill us up, to quench the thirst that's in our soul. And so when I worship, when I listen to a message from the Bible, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm I'm trying to first leave my distractions behind for a few minutes. I'm trying to set them aside, to begin to try to listen to the Holy Spirit and and, and lock in with them, to allow myself to sense God's presence, to, to enjoy the presence of God and to speak or to sing back to God words of love and devotion. Now, the truth is this. Some days I feel it and others not so much. And on those days, I do it anyway too because my devotion to God doesn't depend on my mood or state of mind. It depends on who he is and he is always there. When I listen to a message, I do the same thing. I wanna hear what God through his word has to say to me. It doesn't matter if I've heard the passage literally a thousand times. Times, if I believe God's word is living and active, then he always has something to say to me through it. And, and, and when I do those things, you know what Jesus is doing? He's feeding me in and through community. He's feeding me in and through community. And, and then there's one more thing that Jesus does for us that, that he wants to do for you. Peter The one who had betrayed him, who had gone back to fishing, who had jumped out of the boat, but still wasn't sure about his standing with Jesus. He needed something, Peter did, and Jesus knew it. Just like he knows this for each of us. Everyone needs a personal encounter with Jesus, and Peter especially needed this, and John lets us listen in. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Feed my sheep. And what we see here is that it's in community that Jesus restores you and me. His desire is to call you his son, his daughter. He pulls Peter right back in and he says, you may have walked away from me, but I never walked away from you. Peter was broken in his mind beyond repair, but not beyond Jesus. And you're not beyond Jesus either, guys. And, and, And maybe today in this community, Jesus wants to restore you. Today, that may mean that, that you are the one who enters into a relationship with Jesus, laying your life down for his, surrendering. It may mean that you need healing in a part of your life that you think is beyond help and hope. It may mean that you need a sense of his presence that you haven't had, honestly, in a while, but you need to be reminded of him. It may mean that you are asking him for physical healing today. It might mean that you have a marriage that needs help, a relationship that needs restored. And and you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you feel like that last chapter is just being written. And meanwhile, Jesus is like, I'm starting a new chapter that I can't wait for you to see. In community, Jesus restores us and he restores us to the community of God so that we are all a part of his body here on earth, the church, and it's in community that Jesus makes himself known to you. It's in community that Jesus feeds you and takes care of your needs. It's in community that Jesus restores you. So let me ask you three questions as we close about that, and just in reverse order. Where do you need to be restored today? Like like in what part of your life do you need healing? You can experience that, but, but I believe it will likely only come when you're connected with the community of God. Let me ask you this, when it comes to being fed, Are you coming to the table? Like that's where the food is, right? Are you making yourself available at his table? Meaning, coming to places where others are to receive, are like to receive something spiritual. And then, let me ask you this. Has Jesus made himself known to you? Can I ask this? Are you paying attention? Because he wants to make himself known to you. And he's one prayer away. Let me pray for you. God, for those of us who are ready to know you, you are making yourself known. You're not mysterious. You say, hey, when you invite me in, I will come in and I will eat with you and we will have a meal together. And and, uh, that is so much more important, even than food, God, even than physical food, the spiritual nourishment, spiritual healing, restoring us to you. And all we have to do is simply say to you, yes, please come into my life. I don't have it all together. I need you to help me make life work. I confess my sin and I trust that on the cross and through the empty tomb, you took care of everything to rebuild my relationship with you. And then God, uh, there are those of us who just need to regularly come to you for spiritual food, whether we get out of the habit or we just feel disconnected. Would you help us to experience your presence in an incredibly special way right now? And then there are those of us, God, who simply need uh, restoration, who need healing, who need hope. God, would you show up in a mighty way in our lives right now so that we would um, have no doubt that you are who you say you are. I pray this in the mighty, incredible name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, We want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.